Welcome to the Great Loop Radio Podcast, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. Today, we're going to talk about specific types of boats for the loop. I know we've got lots of listeners who are always um, trying to find that perfect boat. And sometimes if you're really new to that process, you don't exactly know where to start. You don't even know necessarily what types of boats might best suit you. Um, So today we are going to bring in Great Loop Yacht Sales, which is a brand new Admiral sponsor of AGLCA. And Brent and Michael from Great Loop Yacht Sales are going to be our guests and tell you a little bit about the different types of boats or the different features of boats that you might want to consider while you're shopping for your Great Loop boat. Before we jump into the conversation, as always, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Curtis Stokes and Associates, Great Loop Yacht Sales, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. And with that out of the way, Michael Martin, Brent Bolin with Great Loop Yacht Sales, thank you for joining me today. Hello. Hello, hello. Thanks for having us, Kim. Yeah, of course. And thank you for your Admiral level sponsorship of AGLCA. Um, to kick it off, let's, you know, you are both gold loopers. Brent, you're a gold looper. Michael is a platinum looper. And for listeners who may not have a, come across platinum loopers because it's more rare than gold, um, that is somebody who's completed the route more than once. So in Michael's case, about two and a half times at this point. Um, but like, Brent, why don't you go to first? Just tell us a little bit about yourself and your own great loop adventure. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Yeah, so uh, got two young kids and we were able to loop as a family. We purchased our boat in Brunswick, Georgia, and actually bought it from Michael Martin. Uh, He was the listing agent on the boat. We have a Cruisers 4450, uh, which was the smallest three-stateroom boat we could do. And we left Brunswick in May of 2020 and finished our loop the following year. Um, It was just an absolutely wonderful time. And so we've been able to show our kids the world. And from that, I have we have not left the boat. We were supposed to do this loop adventure in one year and then sell the boat. And we fell in love with it and the people that we surround ourselves with. And so now I've made it a career. And so just recently partnered with Michael Martin to form Great Loop Yacht Sales. And uh, here we are. Yeah. And you are actually coming to us from aboard that Cruisers 4450 right now. So good to see you there. Um, Michael, you've been with us before. Um, but go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about your own Great Loop experiences. Yeah, um, well, you're sitting, the background on your view is my boat, so. Um, <laughs> I like to think of it as uh, our boat. <laughs> our, our boat, sorry, our boat. Um, definitely is our boat. Um, it began as my boat back in 2016. I bought the boat in Chicago area and started my Great Loop trip from there. I pretty much had very little runtime on the boat before I just took off down the rivers and I don't necessarily advise that for everybody, but you know, sometimes the best way is just to put your feet in the fire and go. And it worked out fine for me. Um, my first loop, I soloed, um, over half of my days underway. Uh, my boat is not necessarily the best boat for doing that. And we'll get into talking about that a little bit later, but, um, it was doable. It was definitely a task, but it was doable. Um, I can say that this second loop and now on to my third loop has been much better having stable crew on board and consistent crew <laughs> on board um, mm-hmm. in camp because it has made it a, what I believe is what most couples experience. And it really has been a great experience, a better experience. While my first one was good, this one has definitely been much better. 
Yeah. Well, so um, you have recently started started Great Loop Yacht Sales, which obviously is focusing on helping Great Loopers find and sell their Great Loop boats. Um, and as I said in the intro, people who are just kind of starting out on the boat search, sometimes it is a struggle to even narrow things down. Um, you can browse Yacht World all day long, um, but until you really have some real world experience or at least are able to set foot on some boats, it's pretty hard to narrow down those features. So what we're going to do today, I think, is talk about some of the more popular looping boats and, and perhaps why they're popular. Also talk about some of the features that people might not necessarily think about when they're first looking at their first kind of big boat. Um, and then I think it might, it'll be fun to kind of profile some loopers just in a very, you know, one or two phrases and have the two of you kind of tell us what somebody who fits that category might be looking for or, you know, might consider putting towards the top of their list. So are you two game for that? Absolutely. All right. So last two years, um, 2021 and 2022 is really the first time we've started to analyze and kind of publish the most popular boats by make that finished the Great Loop in those years. And no surprise, um, both of those years, the top finisher, the, the make that had the most loop finishes that year um, was the main ship. Um, so, Michael, I know you have helped loopers um, buy and then sell a lot of main ships. You've been a broker for about 10 years now. Um, what is it about the main ship that makes it the most popular great looping boat? Um, yeah, uh, the main ship is a very popular boat. Um, it's, it is absolutely the boat make um, that I have sold the most of. And uh, again, most of my work is with loopers. So obviously it's a very proven boat for what they're using it for. And we always talk about, you know, getting the right boat for the mission. If you're going to do sailing in the Caribbean and blue water and loop, those could be three different boats. So the main ship is definitely well suited for the loop. Probably some of the big features about the main ship are the uh, sidewalks which allow you to move around the boat and be very comfortable and secure, especially in rougher waters or when you're holding a line a lock or throwing lines. They've got nice deep gunnels with high rails and most people feel very secure on them. The uh, main ship comes in several different flavors. You've got a 34 foot main ship, which is a single cabin, single head uh, sedan version trawler. You have the 350, 390, which is the, basically it's a 35 foot on a, on a 39 foot hull extension. Um, same same thing, double, double stateroom on that boat with single head uh, sedan. You then go into the 40 foot uh, main ship sedan, uh, also two staterooms, single head. Um, all these have uh, shower stalls, so it's not like it's a wet head or anything like that. It's all very comfortable. Um, most of the boats past 2000, the second stateroom is two singles, uh, where before 2000 on some of those, it was uh, a queen or a, a full, whatever you want to stuff in that space. Um, but the two singles seem to work better for visitors, especially grandkids or kids. Yeah. Um, from there you go from the 400, you go up to the 430 and there's, this is the only model that they made two different versions. And that was the aft cabin model and the sedan model. The aft cabin model, I believe came out in the very early 2000s. Um, so it's a little bit of an older boat, but uh, the, the 430 came out in the late 2000s. Um, so it's a little bit newer. Uh, the 34 and the 430 are both very much fast trawlers. They can both do 
uh, 18 knots cruise over 20 wide open. Um, the 3090, 350, 390, and 400 and the 430 aft cabin are considered fast trawlers by their design, but they max out at you know, cruises 13, 14, 15 in that area somewhere. Um, depends on engines, yeah. Yeah, and it depends on number of engines as well, so. Yeah, so a couple of things you mentioned there, um, and I'll, I'll throw this one to Brent. Michael mentioned, as talking about the main ships, several of them are sedans, and then there's an aft cabin on option on the 430. For those who are, you know, like I said, brand new to this search, what's the difference in, you know, the design of a sedan boat versus an aft cabin? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be nice if we had pictures, but uh, the sedan is going to have a cockpit in the back of it. And your forward stateroom is usually going to be that primary stateroom where your aft cabin may still have a small cockpit at the, the, the back of the boat. But your main living space, your primary um, stateroom is going to be at the back of the boat. Um, and the great thing about a lot of those main ships with that aft cabin is it gives you a lot of deck space up top. Many people will store a tender up there or chairs, give you extra space to entertain. Although the sedan bridges, like a 430 sedan bridge, there's a ton of uh, living space up on the fly bridge as well. So they really are very efficient boats. They're well built. They're easy to take care of. And that's why I think they're so popular for the loop. Yeah. And resale. I, I did want to mention resale is probably one of the main ship's big factors. And it really should be in a, in a traditional looper who's going to own their boat between three and five years. It really has to be something that you're thinking about when you're buying your boat is getting out of that boat because three to five years is not a very long time to own a boat. Um, so you, you definitely want to be able to get out of that boat when the time comes. Yeah. Yeah. So Every boat is going to be a trade-off. It's going to be a compromise. And, you know, a great example is we were just discussing the sedan layout versus an, an aft cabin. And, you know, everybody's preference is going to be different. But the aft cabin, as as Brent mentioned, gives you the master stateroom in the back or the primary stateroom in the back of the boat, which some find more comfortable, more quiet, bigger. Um, but the trade-off is that you're climbing ladders or steps to get, you know, into the boat then because you're going over that area and then back down into the, the interior of the boat. So everything's got its plus and minus. Um, so when you're looking at those types of things, um, you know, some things that people might not consider if they're new to this kind of boating, um, you know, I think we're all kind of drawn in by the clean lines of a boat or a particular style of boat or that it looks pretty on the interior, but there's some things that people are going to have to consider and, and decide where they're willing to compromise and where they're not, where it's just kind of a must have. Some of the things that people might not consider is like the actual livability of the boat. So um, Michael, tell us about, you know, things that might affect how comfortable it is for living, like refrigerator size. Um, you know, if it's only a bow primary stateroom, um, which is what our boat is, and that's fine with us. But, you know, what are some of the trade-off things for livability that you might not consider the ramifications of if you've never really lived aboard? Well, I'll jump in. And, you know, I one thing, when you talked about kitchen, right? So if you right. like to cook in your land base home right now, right, as we would say as loopers, your dirt house, right? Mm -hmm. I think kitchen is an important piece of the boat, right? So being able to have that food storage, if you want to cook, right? Now, if you're typically go out to eat a few nights a week and you don't cook as much, then maybe that's not as big a piece. But I think those are things that you've got to look, you know, um, 
all boats are going to have trade-offs, right? So we have a really nice kitchen on our boat, but our kitchen sink is really small. And that's something that's been a, a little bit of a pain point for us. But we have, you know, the convection microwave oven and we have like an apartment size refrigerator. Well, we love to cook. My daughter ha loves to bake. So those have been nice features for us. Another piece that I think is your shower, your bathroom, right? I'm a big guy. And so um, depending on the boat, those are things that you want to do. So when you're out with your broker and you're looking at boats, I recommend standing in the shower, you know, putting your hands up to pretend like you're going to wash your hair. What does that look like? Feel like do your arms rub the sides? Can you turn around in a circle in the shower, right? Those are things as you're going to spend roughly a year on this boat cruising are those creature comforts that you want. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was kind of struggling between what's more important, space, storage space, refrigeration, those types of things. And those are the, the key two primary items that I think most loopers want enough of is refrigeration and storage. Um, when you're a weekender boat or, you know, just, you know, having your boat at a dock and visiting it from your home or whatever, you don't need everything to be there that we need to be on board while we're doing the loop. So storage is definitely a, a, a key factor in the boats. And there are definitely boats that are made with more storage and, and not so much storage. And, you know, if, if you're looking at the great loop number of boats that are on the great loop, you, you can start seeing a trend of what are the popular boats. And that's probably because they have good refrigeration, good livability, good storage, all those things. So um, if you do, going back to the staterooms, the aft staterooms are usually full beam um, or close to it, so you have a lot more room in the aft stateroom. You do get away from the bow slap. If your master stateroom's in the bow, you're going to hear some water hitting it when you're at Anchorage or even just sitting in a marina. We hear it all the time. Um, so there, you know, there are definitely trade-offs in all of that. But you know, my my personal boat is a sedan. Well, Brent's is an aft cabin. And I can I can easily see pluses and minuses for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, I've been on so many boats that you know I can easily see myself on most of them. It's just you got to get used to what you're you know what you want to live, how you want to live, and get used to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and uh, you know, none of us is getting any younger, um, and the loop demographic is, is maybe trending a little bit younger as some people are retiring earlier. Some people can work aboard, but primarily, traditionally, the loop has been largely retirees. Um, so. The ease of getting around the boat, I really feel like is something that until you've done it, people don't consider. And I've used this example before, but, um, you know, my parents bought their first big boat um, and it was a 50 foot marine trader, which for a 50 foot boat was a big boat, um, you know, three staterooms and the primary stateroom was aft cabin. Um, and they were drawn in by its king size bed, which is pretty amazing for a boat. Um, but it wasn't really till they actually lived aboard that they realized that king size bed was pushed up against one of the walls. So, you know, for many of us who don't want to be climbing over our significant other to get in or out of the bed at night, a full walk around is pretty important. Um, you know, I think as all of us age, we need to think about those aging things. And Michael, you kind of mentioned it on the main ship. Um, but you know, the walkaways, how hard is it or easy is it to get on and off the boat? Um, you know, for somebody perhaps, uh, and, and this is kind of starting to shift into the, you know, looking at specific types of loopers, but for somebody who maybe is a little bit older in the demographic or perhaps has some, you know, minor mobility issues, but is still able to do this lifestyle, you know, what are some of the things they should perhaps avoid to, to make it as easy as possible for them? Well, in some of the 
some of the things that you want to think about when you're not only buying the boat, but also looping certain boats like sedans are great for floating docks. So if you can, if you buy a sedan boat, you're going to want to look for floating docks because the sedan has the aft cockpit that goes right to your uh, swim platform, a floating dock, you're, you're pretty much straight off. You could even put a little walkway over it very easily um, for boats with higher uh, side decks like Brent's has higher side decks uh, or a sun deck motor yacht or any of those types of boats where you've got a little bit higher an aft cabin boat of pretty much all the flavors. Um, a lot of times you're going to be getting on and off either at the swim platform, which again, a floating dock is great, or you could do a side exit off of one side or the other. And in that case, I would be looking for a fixed dock. You know, if I were going to put my boat somewhere, I'd be looking more for a fixed dock so that it lines up more with that higher walk higher walkway than the, the aft swim platform. Right. And I guess a couple of things you mentioned that make the main ship so popular really kind of apply when you're looking at other boats that may or may not have that feature. But the um, the wide and, and you know, secure um, walkways for the, whoever is handling the lines, um, the the steps being like true molded stairs rather than a ladder. And that applies to, you know, moving between decks on the boat, but also getting on and off the boat. I mean, the thing we want most of all is for our members to stay safe. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, pointing out some of those things that you can fall in love with the look and feel of an interior boat, but when you realize it has a dorm size refrigerator, you really have to consider how livable that is. And on the, the inverse of that, you know, I've been on many looper crawls in my day. And the first time I got aboard a boat and saw a full size regular refrigerator, I was like, this is the boat I have to have. But in reality, when it's the two of us aboard and you're able to get groceries pretty frequently, the apartment size refrigerator is just fine. Now, a little dorm size one wouldn't be, but, um, you know, this is the smallest refrigerator in my adult life I've had. And it really is fine for two people when you're not, you know, feeding a family of five. Brent, Brent on the other hand, <laughs> is feeding a family of four and still makes it work. So it's a little bit, I think, about considering what your lifestyle on the loop will be like. Um, and with that in mind, I'm going to take a quick break and play a message from some sponsors. And then I want to kind of jump into, you know, brief profiles of some different loopers and, and what you would suggest might be the things they should consider as, you know, non-negotiable and what boats they might want to look at. So we'll be back in a moment. Our friends at DockMate offer the world's most advanced, affordable, and safest wireless remote control system for your boat's engines, pods, thrusters, anchor, and horn. Once you activate the DockMate remote control with a simple push of a button, you are able to leave the helm where visibility is oftentimes limited and then confidently and safely control your boat's movement from anywhere aboard. The result is less stress and a safer experience during typical docking maneuvers, particularly in tight marina slips and when navigating through locks where potential damage might only be a matter of feet or just inches away. Learn more at DockMate.us. Let our friend John Heenan at SkyMed explain to you why your health insurance does not pay or only pays for a small portion of emergency medical travel transport. Say you're on the loop in Canada and have Medicare. You must get back to the USA to be covered once you are stabilized. That also is true for the Bahamas. No worries, SkyMed pays for transportation to your home hospital by a private medical jet, helicopter, or other means that can keep you stable until you reach the destination from anywhere in the world. Pets with you, they go home with you. What about your boat? Call John Heenan for more information at 
1-800-273-4553. Back on Great Loop Radio. Today, my guests are Michael Martin and Brent Bolin. They are with Great Loop Yacht Sales, which is a new Admiral level sponsor of AGLCA. And they are walking us through what someone who is in that search for their Great Loop boat some considerations they may want to uh, take into account. So I want to talk a little bit about different types of loopers um, with, you know, some special interests that might have different needs and have you suggest some of the things that maybe they should look at, you know, features as well as perhaps some specific boats they might take a look at as well. So um, I'll throw this one to Brent or you can both kind of tag team on this one, but uh, this should be an easy one for Brent, a family with two kids that is looking for three staterooms. Absolutely. That should be an easy one, Um, but it was tough to find our boat, but uh, I think three staterooms, there are a lot of boats out there. Right. So just a couple specific models to look at. I think we mentioned mine. I'll go ahead and knock it out. It's a Cruisers 4450. And then the next model of that would be the Cruisers 455. And that's the newer version of of our boat. Uh, Silverton 453, another really good option with three staterooms. I'm going to go a little rogue here. An Endeavor Power Cat. Right. So you've got some Power Cats that have three staterooms. You are going to give up some things like that walk around bed, bed and so, so forth, but those can be really nice and efficient. Um, and then some other really neat ones, uh, Meridian uh, or Bayliner, right? Those are kind of uh, sister ships, if you will, uh, but they have some really nice boats. Uh, it would be the Meridian 480 or the Bayliner 4788. Um, anything else you would add to that, Michael? Um there's, I mean, when you're talking about a family being on board, obviously you're, you're looking for space. So um, Brent's boat being a 45 foot boat and having three staterooms is kind of an anomaly. Usually you have to go much larger to get, you know, a a comfortable three stateroom boat, but theirs is definitely that. Um, A lot of the boats will have bunk rooms instead of actual, you know, staterooms. You'll have a a bow master or I'm sorry, a, a pilot house master and aft master. And then you'll have like a VIP stateroom in the bow. Um, and then the third stateroom might be a, a full-size bed. It might be two singles. It might be a stack. It might be, you know, crisscrossed. There's all, all different kinds of configurations, but definitely having two kids on board of different ages and, and sexes, you know, it's it's best to have three staterooms and this boat works great for that. Nice. Yeah. And thank you for sharing a few specific models, because I know for our families aboard who are looking for three stateroom boats, that can be a challenge because there are a lot more options with um, one or two staterooms. Um, so finding three is a bit of anomaly. Um, let's talk about, you know, fuel is, uh, you know, back a few years ago, most loopers came back and if they kept track of their expenses detailed, dockage was the most expensive line item. In the last year or so, it has absolutely shifted to fuel. And that was our case on on our loop that we are almost finished with. Um so for a couple who's kind of non-negotiable point, the place where they are not willing to compromise is fuel economy. What are some options for them? You want to take that one, Michael? Yeah, I, I would say from a more general category, um, if you're looking at boats that are 2000 and newer, which is, is a lot of the you know loop category is what, what we see people buying. Um, the majority of those boats are going to be turbo diesel engines, and they're going to be either one or two. Um, some of the pods have three. You know, there's there's a, a bunch of different flavors out there, but um, any of those turbo diesel engines are really going to burn very similarly, um, whether it's on a single or a twin. So um, 
obviously with two engines or three engines, you're going to burn that much more in those in those two engines than you will with one. So for fuel economy in a newer brand boat with turbo diesel engines, you're, you're probably your primary thing you're going to look for is, is single engine. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, you know, my own my own uh, preference is to do the loop on a, on a twin engine. I like the maneuverability. I like the power. Um, I don't have any thrusters. So, you know, mine is done with, you know, just all all power. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I prefer that. And, you know, as long as you're comfortable running a single engine boat and having typically at least one thruster, whether that's bow or stern or both, I, I think you're fine. Yeah. Couple specific models to go along with that on the, on a single mm-hmm. engine. Uh, one of the one of the real popular boats on the loop is a uh, Ranger Tugs, uh, and they have multiple models there, but very fuel efficient. Um, you can get those with an inboard diesel. They also offer them with outboards, um, which is a really neat uh, option. Um, and and now they've got sizes into the forty foot range on the Ranger Tugs. Um, you know, we're not paid by main ship, and I know we've said that a lot, but the main ship. <laughs> or trawler um there you can also even get the 40 in a, in a single engine on the main ships there um so another great option is very fuel efficient love our little nordic tugs as well a 32 foot nordic tug might be another really good option for the the couple that's looking for that non-negotiable and saving some money on fuel but there are so many great trawlers out there um, that are available don't want to leave anybody out because there are so many um, other ones, you know, uh, uh, Grand Banks, uh, Marine Traders, a lot of those that you can get with that single engine um, that will help you on the fuel savings. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, we can't possibly name all of the makes and models. So we're just giving some examples. Um, but we are kind of on that cusp of um, boating, potentially going where automobiles are um, with more alternative power sources. We're not quite there yet, at least for powering the boat, although solar is doing more for the boat's actual, you know, the power of the interior of the boat, the house power. Um, But for powering the boat, we're a long way from that yet. But we have seen some kind of hybrid choices. From what I've seen in looking at them, the same boat um, with kind of the hybrid option for powering the boat the upcharge for the hybrid option actually exceeds what you would likely spend in fuel on the loop. So just another point to look at, you know, if fuel efficiency is your non-negotiable, but if the, if the reason for that is financial, you got to weigh all those options. If the reason for that is just wanting to be more green, then there may be some hybrid options yeah. out there. I'm, you know, the green line comes to mind. There's been a couple of those have, have done the loop recently. I don't know if there's any others. I, I haven't seen any others on the loop, but... Yes. So on those brand new boats, the newer models, Green Line's a great example. Um, and then there's a lot of new all electric. So mm-hmm. smaller boats, smaller, yeah, but, yeah. but it, smaller know, boats again. and you only get a certain distance each day <laughs> before you have right. to power that, you know, plug into some shore power again. So like I said, yeah. there, there and there's a lot of talk about this in the boat industry, but it's just not quite where the automobile industry is yet. But um, it's coming for sure. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that, Michael? Tesla has not made a boat yet. Tesla is not yet. So we'll see if they come out with one in the future. Maybe we should uh, uh, tweet Elon about that, see if he can come up with something for us. Um, How about a couple um, who wants to be able to go fast when they want to? Um, So, you know, not so much concerned about the fuel economy, but really just wants to be able to pick up and go if they want to get from point A to point B in a short amount of time. Uh, Michael, you want to give us kind of the overview of of what we might be looking at and Brent can give us some of the specifics again? 
I mean, we talked about the main ship, fast trawlers, uh, 34 and the 43. Those are your, your pretty much, and, and this Beneteau Swift trawler, those are your trawlers that'll really get up and go. Um, they'll do, you know, 18 knot crews, over 20 max. Um, but if you're really looking for a boat that's built for speed, you know, you're going to be looking more towards either catamarans or motor yachts, um, primarily, I, th I think mostly motor yachts. They're going to be running, you know, big tw tur turbo twin turbo diesel engines. You know, they, you know, when you're trawlering them, they're going to trawler just as efficiently as a twin engine trawler uh, of the same type of engine. But as soon as you start leaning into that throttle, you're going to definitely notice a, a fuel burn increase. Um, it is nice to have the ability to go fast. Uh, I, I personally, on my first loop, went very fast most of the way just because I was working so hard and trying to do both at the same time. Um, but, you know, there are times when, you know, you want to make a bridge or you want to, uh, you, you've got a medical emergency. We've seen that several times while we've been looping. Um, it's always nice to have, you know, that ability to go fast, but you also have to keep in mind what that ability is going to cost you if you abuse it. You know? <laughs> right. And some of the specifics, Brent? Yeah, I think uh, he gave some really good examples, but it, what you're really looking for, modified V or planing whole boats, right? Think cruisers, yachts, carvers, Silverton, all those are going to be really good. I mean, Sabre uh, would have a few. The fast trawlers are really nice search. You know, if you're on Yacht World, uh, you could kind of use that terminology with your broker. Um, so there's a lot of options out there uh, for boats that can go fast. Um, you know, and I think one thing just to note on that is you do have the ability to go fast, but a lot of times around the loop, you're in areas where you can't always go fast. And so, um, it's nice to have it when you need it though, or you want it. Yeah. And actually Sea Ray has been one of the, um, more popular. It's made that top 10 list of the boats that, you know, boat makes that have completed the loop in the past few years. And that would certainly fit into that category as well. Um, Let's talk about a couple that anticipates having a lot of guests. You know, perhaps they have adult children who might come visit or friends or family. Um, but uh, so just primarily just a couple aboard, but plans to have guests and would like a little bit of privacy between the staterooms. Uh, Michael, what what kind of design are you looking for at that point? And then Brent can again, Brent can again give us some of the specific models. I mean, typically you're probably going to be looking at an aft cabin boat, which... Um... You know, you're going to have your masters, again, going to be in the aft of the boat, your VIP staterooms typically up front. Um, there are some other uh, variations, uh, pilot house boat. Um, you're not as separated, but your master is below the pilot house. It's still more midship than than aft. Um, so you're not as separated from the, the VIP and, and the uh, third stateroom if that boat has that, if the pilot house boat has that, um, are all going to be up in that forward berthing area. Um, it's a little bit more separation than, say, a sedan boat where your uh, main, like a, like the main ship, your your master is in the bow, and then right outside your master door is the guest stateroom. So there's very little separation there, but um, there's tons of boats out there with you know good good separation between the two primary staterooms. Yeah, and that might this one might also apply to families with kids aboard too. But Brent, go <laughs> ahead and give us some of the uh, some of the specific models you would suggest people take a look at. Yeah, the Meridian uh, 408, 459 is a really good option. Either one of those models on Meridian. Lots of carvers, cruisers as well in the F cabins. Californian is another uh, really good brand. Uh, Jefferson would be one you could look at. Some higher end things, uh, a Krogan 55, 
Fleming 55. Those are going to give you some more space, a little bit bigger boats, uh, but you'll have a really nice uh, mid-cabin uh, primary master suite uh, and then the VIP being separated a little bit more on those. Okay. Um, let's kind of shift a little bit to, um, you know, from somebody who needs two staterooms to somebody whose primary, you know, objective, their kind of non-negotiable point is that they want a small boat and you know kind of the, the the old school thinking that still is prevalent and the right choice for many people is that smaller is more easy to maneuver in unfamiliar waters and you're paying a lot less for dockage if you're picking something in the 20 something foot range rather than the 50 something foot range so you mentioned uh the tugs the rangers the nordics um you know michael anything else category wise that might fit that smaller boat and then brent can again give us those specifics well, and when you're when you're looking at a smaller boat, and you know, if we talk about the Rangers, the Nordics, you know, they're they're dramatically smaller than our boats, obviously, but we're also dramatically smaller than the fifty high fifties and sixty footers, um, and some of the bigger boats being stabilized. So, um, you really have to take it into consideration. You know, the smaller the boat you get, the the more harder you're going to be looking at weather days and making sure that you've got you know weather windows that are going to be good when you're crossing big open sounds or big water like the Great Lakes or the, but the Gulf of Mexico. Um, you know, we, we on a 40 foot boat, we'll still look at that, but we can accept more than maybe what a 27 or a 32 would take, but in a 60 probably wouldn't bat an eye at. So um, it, it really weather is probably one of the bigger things that I would be considering from a small boat. Uh, you might have to plan for a few more weather days in your loop. Hmm. Good, good advice. Go ahead, Brent. As far as the the tugs, you mentioned the American tug would be another one, the 365 there, Nordic tug 34, Ranger tug's got a full line, probably the 27 is a really popular one um, as well. You've got lots of trawlers that are smaller. Um, you've got some smaller Grand Banks that you can look at. Um, so there's lots of options on that smaller boat. And then you mentioned Sea Ray earlier. Sea Ray would be another option. Some of their express style cruisers, maybe you already have that on a lake at home and you're connected to the major waterways or you're able to move it. I mean, that could be a great boat to do the loop on, right? So if you're looking for that smaller boat, it may already be one that you already have too. Excellent points. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Um, you know, we're talking about smaller boats and, and some of the, the tugs, particularly if they're newer, still carry a pretty hefty price tag to go along with them. Um, you know, I think there's this perception sometimes that loopers are all in these big, very expensive boats. The average boat in the looper fleet remains just about 40 feet. It's been consistent for several years now since we've been checking that. Um, but let's say that, you know, somebody's primary consideration is that they're on a tight budget. They want something reliable um but still you know want to conserve what they're spending on the boat so they have more to get to spend on having fun as they're doing the loop what are some things you can suggest for them that they might want to take a look at well obviously sailboats are are you know very um economical boats um but then they also bring deeper drafts typically higher air drafts so, I mean, again, you have to weigh those types of things, but um, you can also look at the older trawlers with non-turbo diesel engines or, or normally aspirated uh, engines. Uh, their fuel economy is a lot lower, um, but you're going to be getting into a, a little bit of an older boat, um, typically. Um, but those are just, you know, some of the things to take into consideration. And any specific models we should consider, Brent? Do you think, Michael, any... 
Uh, you know, looking at the older models, you know, you're talking about Grand Banks, Marine Traders, Albans, uh, the older model trawlers with the Perkins and the Lehman's engines in them. But they're really getting harder and harder to um, get through get through survey, to be honest. Uh, you know, they're they're reaching 40 and 50 years old. And um, that's that's a long time to have a boat, you know, under maintenance and, and keeping it, you know, maintained well that it can still pass all the tests and the tests are yeah. getting tougher. You know. Yeah. Well, and a sailboat is, is you know, a very um, economical option, both from the purchase and the operation standpoint, obviously, depending on the sailboat, um, you do have to unstep that mast to get around the loop. And once you do, you've got a pretty, <laughs> pretty good setup um, for doing the loop. So um, you've eliminated the air draft problem that Michael mentioned. You do still have the water draft um, issue where it's a little bit deeper there than some other boats. So that's just, you know, like we said, everything is a trade-off. Um a couple of other, you know, kind of profiles, so to speak. Let's uh, talk about solo loopers. Michael, you mentioned when you were talking about your loop um, that you did do it solo above um, aboard the uh, Silverton 410 cockpit motor yacht, which you still have. Um, and I have expressed many times as we were locking through as a couple that I just don't understand how you did this by yourself on this boat. Um, and I think you would agree that it probably was not the ideal choice for a solo looper. So tell us um somewhat learning from your own mistakes <laughs> what features or what brands uh makes perhaps a solo looper might want to pay close attention to when primary primarily the thing that's missing from my boat is a lower helm and that that really does make a big difference um but not all boats with lower helms are are going to be the right boat either um, some of the rangers don't have side doors, so you have a, a window that you could reach out and throw lines, but the door really makes a big difference. Nordics, Americans, uh, Nordic tugs, American tugs, they all have uh, pilot houses with both, typically both doors, you know, open up so you can very quickly either still have your hand on the throttle and the and the steering and reach out and throw somebody a line or or get a boat hook and hook something. Um, being that mine has a flybridge only, I was up top the whole time. So, uh, you know, I would ease it into a, uh, a lock and hope that there wasn't a lot of swirling wind so I could at least get a boat hook on and, and then get a line on. Um, but, you know, you, again, it goes back to whatever you purchase, you're going to learn how to, how to work that boat. And for most loopers, it's their first big boat. So you're really going to adapt to that boat and what, you know, the needs are for that. So. Yeah. And I, my, you know, I always like to tell um, people who are planning to loop solo, you know, the pilot house doors on both sides is big, but speaking from someone who has not done it solo, I would think smaller would be better. And that said, you know, we have Herb who's on his second or third loop uh, on a 53 foot motor yacht solo um, and manages to do it. So you're right. I mean, I kind of said that Michael's boat was particularly tough for that, or should I say our boat? <laughs> But um, uh, Brent, any you know specific thoughts on on makes and models that solo loopers might want to look hardly at? Yeah, I think uh, you know obviously anything with a helm door, right? If you can get out of the helm, get to the, to the midships of the boat pretty easily, that's a great place to manage in a lock. It's to be right at midships, right? Um, so that that would be one. I, you know, kind of we talked a little bit about some of the technology in boating, right? There are tools that you can now have um, uh, 
you know, something called a dockmate is one of those, and it is a remote control for your boat. So you can be standing near the helm or on the bow and using this remote to control your boat. So if you have the budget for that, I think that's a really nice thing. You got to have electronic controls, and those remotes can control your bow thrusters, stern thrusters, and your boat and you can bring an awfully big boat in by yourself if you have all those tools right but that does add cost so to your point kim i'm always thinking small if i'm a solo looper what can i handle by myself you know we did the loop with a solo looper did about half of it with him he had a 27 foot sea ray and that was his current boat and he took it all the way around the loop and handled it with him and his dog and that was a perfect perfect loop boat for him but uh, to me it would be that helm door so i'd go back to some of those tugs some of the main ships um, and then you could go small, right? Cutwater is another brand that would kind of be with the Ranger Tugs as well, that would have some small coops and things that that would be easily handleable. I think solo, um, you could handle. So yeah, okay. We've just got two more, um, and these have to do with the living space. Um, what would you recommend for a couple who loves to be outdoors and wants a lot of outside living space on the boat? I think we've touched on some of those things, but mm -hmm. um, cockpits, sun decks, fly bridges, I mean, those are your, your key areas um, where you're going to be enjoying the outdoors. Um, everybody has, you know, all the different makes have different configurations, but, you know, on some boats, you'll have all three of those, and on some boats, you'll just have one or two of those, but, um, you know, the fly bridge is probably one of your your bigger, like, summer rooms or second rooms. Um, you've got enclosures typically on on most boats that you know will, will shut out wind or rain or cold. Um, they're great greenhouses in the in the cold when the sun comes up. It's nice to have that you know cold air and and then the sun comes up and your greenhouse warms up and you know just feels great. Um, we have a, a sedan, so our our area that we kind of spend more of our time outside in is our cockpit. Um, that's where we you know set up our chairs and tables and sit back there. Um, and Brent had mentioned the uh, main ship, uh, 430 aft cabin. You can actually be on top of that cabin. I've seen people set up an entire, uh, another seating area there or grilling area or uh, tender storage or whatever. Um, so yeah, every boat has its, you know, has its areas, but some definitely have more than others. Mm -hmm. I'll throw out a couple other models that maybe we haven't talked about. So Ocean Alexander would have some really good space, you know, on a flybridge or a big sun deck in the back there. Hampton, uh, another really favorite loop boat of ours, and Navigator is huge. Um, and then we talked about Jeffersons and Californians. Those have beautiful sun decks, and that's a lot of fun. I've had a lot of good looper dinners on the back of people's sun decks, and it's such a such a fun place to to hang out. And then, uh, yeah, you know, when you're having docktails and you want to meet people, it's kind of neat to be if you're if you're sterned in in the marina, right, to sit in your cockpit. And as people walk by, you're able to to spark conversations and meet other looper, loopers. And so it's a big part of looping. So um, I think that's something to consider is getting that outdoor space. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of options. Yeah. So conversely to that, what about somebody who, you know, kind of once they're done for the day, they want to be inside, they want the comforts of home. Um, you know, they want to be able to host dinner inside for eight or 10 loopers, you know, um, and I would think, is that even possible? But yes, I have been on boats that had dining tables, you know, looper boats, um, you know, for 10. Um, so what about someone like that whose interior space, they really want to feel like a dirt home? 
Any suggestions? Well, I think the main, not the major, the uh, motor yachts tend to be the the more preferred in that case. Um, the majority of motor yachts are full beam throughout the boat. So, you know, as soon as you get inside, your walkways are typically above you or, or at shoulder height. So you've got the, the entire interior or the entire beam of the boat dedicated to your interior living space. So your staterooms are larger, wider. Uh, typically your salons are bigger. Uh, when you get up into um, some of the 50s and 60 footers, you're going to be able to get in, you know, 10, 10, 12 person dining room tables. Um, but, uh, you know, down in the 40s where most loopers are, you're going to at least have a, a four place dinette um, and probably one outdoors as well. I mean, you, you mm -hmm. typically have more than one dinette. So um, motor yachts tend to be the one that people lean towards towards interior living space. Yeah, I mean, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, motor yacht, it was a carver, 40 foot carver. And I think we had 12 for Easter Sunday uh, eating there. Now, we weren't all sitting at the same table, but I don't think anybody felt cramped no. with the different living areas um, on that boat. And so as loopers, that's a lot of fun. And I think we've hosted uh, probably a similar amount on our on our boat. But man, if you get into those larger motor yachts, you can find them very easily with tables for six and eight. And so looking at things that are 50 plus, maybe the, the Grand Banks 49 Classic comes to mind, nice big boat. Um, some of the larger Ocean Alexanders, you know, a lot of those boats that have those big sun decks, that sun, ducks can, sun deck can double for a lot of living space, right? Because many of those are enclosed even with, um, if it's not glass windows, it could be plexiglass. And then obviously down a step from that would be eyes and glass, but that really becomes more living space for you when those are enclosed. Um, and I've seen on those sun decks, I've seen pianos and televisions and it's an, it's more of a living room than an, you know, but it doubles as an outdoor space, which is really nice. So any of those motor yachts, I think you can go into and, and find quite a bit of space. Absolutely. All right. Well, this has been super informative for everyone who is starting out and not knowing where to start. I think you've really helped people kind of focus in a little bit on where they might want to uh, spend their time searching. Um, so thank you for that. And again, uh, Michael Martin and Brent Bolin with Great Loop Yacht Sales. Thank you for your Admiral sponsorship with AGLCA. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Kim. My pleasure. And to everyone who has watched or listened this week, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Until then, safe cruising. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.